are going to do things just a little bit differently this morning. Normally, I would have you turn and we would read a particular text, but I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and we're going to pray and just ask the Lord for his help and his anointing and ministering his word today. Heavenly Father, we are just delighted to be able to come into the house of the Lord today. We are thankful that your promise in your word is when we gather in your name, you are in our midst, and we are grateful for that. This morning, Heavenly Father, as we open your word and we come to the study of your word today, I would pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would just simply give me a divine capability and an anointing to do what I am incapable of doing on my own. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit empower and put words in my mind and in my heart and in my mouth. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would anoint the hearer as those that are listening and those that are here this morning. You would anoint them to receive and to hear what you would have to speak. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open our hearts and let the seed of the word of God be planted deep within our life. And Lord, for all of these things, we will be grateful this morning. And we will fail not to give you the praise, glorify your name and edify your people and give us liberty in the house of God. And we pray all of these things in the awesome name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. Amen, amen. So this morning I want to do something just a little bit different. Normally, as you know, if you are a regular here at Elevation Worship Center, I would usually read my central text and then I would build my thoughts or I would build the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart around that text. But today we're going to come at it from a little bit of a different angle, and we're going to be looking at a multitude of different scriptures, and those scriptures all revolve around one central thought. Um, my intent was to just speak this morning, and this would be a standalone message. I'm not so sure I can say that now. Because the more I studied and the more that the Lord began to speak to my heart, the more I began to be stirred and the more I began to see. So this may end up being a two-parter kind of thing. So, um, so anyway, but I want to talk to you this morning about being dressed for success. Dressed for success. And I'm not talking about, you know, the kind of outward clothing that we put on. I'm not talking about that kind of dress. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, 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 I thought for a while when I was trying to kind of come up with a title, you know, about uh, what I would title the message. I, I thought about titling it, You Put Your Clothes On. <laughs> and then I figured folks would think that I was going to be preaching a clothesline message and, you know, talking about how you're, you know, your sleeve line should be down to here and the neckline up to here and the hemline down to here. And that, and that ain't what I'm talking about at all. That's not, what I, that's not what I have on my heart at all. But the Bible tells us 
that we are to put some things on. And in order for us to be successful, and in order for us to have a successful Christian experience in our walk with God, there are some things that we need to both put off and some things that we need to put on. And so this morning, I want to talk about being dressed for success and what is it that we need to clothe ourselves with? What does the scripture teach us? I'm sure at some point in your employment career that you have heard the term dress for success. If we apply that expression to our Christian experience, then what exactly are we putting on? What does that entail? Does God's word give us any understanding as what it is or what it is that we should be putting on? The Bible is very clear about some of the things that we should put off. Can you say amen? Amen. Let me give you a few examples, and I won't have you turn there to these, but you can jot them down. Some of the things that we need to put off. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 12, Paul says, The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off or let us put off the evil works of darkness. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22, amen, the writer of the book of Ephesians, Paul says, put away or put off your former manner of life. Put off the old man that waxes corrupt, your old nature that waxes corrupt with the lusts of deceit. So he tells us to cast off the works of darkness. Put that off. Put off the old man. In Colossians 3.18 or 3 and 8, he says, Now also put off all of these things. Put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy communication out of your mouth. Colossians 3 and 9, he says, Lie not one to another, seeing that we have put off the old man with all of the old man's deeds. Put off all of these things. So we can see from example that God's word certainly tells us that there are some things that we are to put off. How many of you this morning have put off the works of darkness? Have we put off the former manner of our old sinful life? We ought to cast off the deceitful lusts of the flesh and shun our old sinful nature. How many of you have been ever walking down the road with the Lord and had your old sinful nature come up, tap you on the shoulder, and try to lead you in another direction? Hello? (laughs) I don't know if I'm preaching to John the Baptist this morning, but it happens to me every day. Hello? That's because the old nature is always there. We are to shun that old nature. We're to put off anger and wrath and bitterness and malice and filthy communication out of our mouth. We are to put away the old sinful man and his old ways. Mm. 
God's word makes it clear that there are some things that we are to put off. But I would submit to you this morning that just as God's word makes it clear that there are some things that we are to put off, his word also makes it clear that there are some things that we are to put on. He brought us out of darkness to bring us into his marvelous light. He brought us out of sin and captivity to bring us into liberty and freedom. But I'm telling you this morning, amen, that there's some things that we need to put off and there's some things that we need to put on. And the Spirit of the Lord began to talk with me and began to speak to my heart about putting on the things that the word of God teaches for us to put on. And if we are going to be successful in our walk with the Lord, and if we are going to enjoy success and have a a successful experience, then there are some things we need to have. Amen. We are going to need to be equipped with. We're going to need to be equipped with. Amen. So I I begin to ask the Lord, how can I explain this? And and this is what the Lord gave me. How many of you know that a carpenter, a mechanic, uh, a a chef at a five-star restaurant, a soldier on a battlefield, they all have one thing in common. They all have one thing in common. They need the right tools to do the right job. Hello? Hello? Amen. They all have one thing in common, at least one thing in common. They all need the right tools to do the right job. They need to be equipped with the right equipment to be a success in their trade. We have a mechanic in our midst this morning. Aaron is the mechanic at the bus shop here in Emmett. If you walked into Aaron's work area and handed him a spatula... Or a whisk, he would have no use for it. Can you say amen? amen? If you walked in and you handed a five star chef in a five star restaurant, if you handed him a nine sixteenths, uh, amen, wrench, or you handed him a tire iron, you have given him something that he does not need unless he's going to tear the microwave off of the wall. Amen. Neither of those tools are useful in a kitchen. Hand a carpenter a saute pan. And you're giving him something that he'll never use because he doesn't need that kind of a tool in his toolbox. If he is going to be a successful carpenter, then he's going to have to have the right kind of tools. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, uh, amen, that if we're going to have a successful walk uh, with the Lord, then there's some tools, uh, amen, that we're going to have to put on uh, and we're going to have to have the right kind of stuff uh, in order to be successful in our work with the Lord. Hmm. Amen. The chef, the carpenter, the mechanic, the soldier, they all need the right kind of to hand a soldier on a battlefield a level or a bevel square. And you'll get him killed. You'll get her killed, right? It's not useful. We all have to have the right kind of tools. We need to be dressed and equipped with the proper equipment. 
in order to be successful in our walk with God. Beloved, amen. I, what I want us to grasp this morning is that we as God's children have been called to a battlefield. We have been called to a battlefield. Amen. We are in a warfare against the adversary of our soul. And if we are going to be successful, then we are going to have to have the right kind of equipment. Amen. There's some things we're going to have to put off. And there are some things that we are going to have to put on. So with that in mind, let me just begin by talking about the first thing that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart about us putting on as the children of God. And you can turn with me there, if you will, please. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. And we will read it together. Paul is the writer to the church of Ephesus. And this is what he writes. And he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Now, there's a, I could preach for a little while just right there on that 10th verse. Let me just tell you something this morning. We are to be strong, but we are not to be strong in our own ability, our own power, or our own might. We are to be strong in the power of the Lord. How many of you know if you try to stand against your adversary on your own, he will run over you like a Mack truck? But if you have the Spirit of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen. We're to be strong in the Spirit of the Lord, in the power of his might. And I can tell you right now, this morning, that his power is not limited. And verse number 11, he says, and we are to put on, everybody say put on. We are to put on the whole armor of God. We are to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then listen what the writer says. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And we wrestle or we struggle, we fight. Amen. We are embattled with spiritual wickedness in high places. And again, he reiterates, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Because you are in a warfare, because you are in a battle, because you are in a struggle, you better put on the right kind of equipment if you ever intend to face the enemy on the battlefield. You better be prepared for war. Mm. Hallelujah. He says, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. And the breastplate of righteousness. 
and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means be prepared to share the gospel of peace. And he says, above all things, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. How many of you know the enemy is going to be shooting some fiery darts your way? And the only way to quench the fiery darts is to have the shield of faith. Amen at your disposal and when you have the shield of faith the enemy can come at you one way and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will send him back home ten different ways Hmm. hallelujah he says take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God how many of you know how Jesus defeated the enemy when he was tempted He defeated him by saying, it is written. Amen. The devil come at him again and Jesus said, it is written. Amen. Let me just tell you this morning. Amen. We need to have the sword of the spirit, the word of God buried and tucked away in our heart that when the enemy comes in and whispers lies into our ear, we know that it is a lie and we know the truth of God's word. And when the truth of God's word, amen, comes into our hearts, it'll cause us to rise up with a confidence and a faith, amen, to say, I I believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Beloved, what we need to understand is that there is a spiritual battle going on in our lives. There is a spiritual warfare going on for every area of your life. The enemy is out to destroy your hope. The enemy is out to destroy your marriage. He's out to destroy your relationship with friends and family. He's out to destroy your soul. He's out to rob you of your faith. He's out to rob you of your confidence in the word of God. He's out, the Bible says this in John chapter 10 and verse number 10. Jesus said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. What we need to understand is that the thief and the enemy of our soul, Satan, he is out to rob and steal and kill and to destroy in every conceivable area of our life. He's out to rob us of our soul. He's out to rob us of our joy. He's out to rob us of our peace of mind. He's out to rob us of our faith, our relationship, and our walk with God. Every area of our life, the enemy wants to take from us. And the only way that we are going to have life and have it more abundant is to trust in the one that came to give us life and trust in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God. Hmm. Hallelujah. I'm going to get happy. Hello? I encourage you this morning. Put off the old maid. Put off the old manner and put on the armor of God. 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand. Every day is a battle. Every day, when you get up in the morning and say, Lord Jesus, today I am going to, I mean, today it's me and you, Lord. I do to you, Lord, and, 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 and the enemy goes, if you do, I do too, and he's going to fight you every step of the way. Every step of the way. Amen, you hear what I'm saying? Every day is going to be a battle, and we need to be prepared to fight. We need to be prepared to fight. In order to be successful, in order to be victorious, we need to clothe ourselves with the armor of God. How many of you here this morning have daily put on that armor? Put it on, put it on, put it on. The second thing that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. Secondly, we are instructed in the Word of God to put on Christ. We are to put on Christ. Turn over to Romans chapter 13 and verse number 14. And let's read what Paul writes in Romans 13 and 14 together. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 14 or chapter 13 verse 14. This is what Paul writes. He says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. The God's word translation says it like this. Instead, live like the Lord Jesus did. And forget about satisfying the desires of your sinful nature. What is he saying? Put on the Lord Jesus. Live like the Lord Jesus lived. Go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 27. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 27. This is what the scripture said. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Again, I will read to you the God's word translation. And it says, clearly all of you who were baptized in Christ's name have clothed yourselves with Christ. You have clothed yourself. You have put on Christ. What does it mean to put on Christ? I'll, I'll give you a couple of scriptures. You don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 20 says these words, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 7 and 23 said, you are bought with a price. Therefore do not be the servants of men. It means that we are to be the servants of Christ. 
We are to put on Christ. Both of those verses uh, are telling us uh, that we have been bought with the blood of Calvary's cross. Uh, and therefore, our reasonable service uh, is to live with the spirit of Christ uh, and live with the example of Christ. Uh, amen. Flowing from our lives uh, because, uh, amen, we belong to him. To put on Christ, it means to emulate him, to follow him. It means to mimic him, to model ourselves after his principles. It means to imitate and to reproduce and duplicate and, and replicate his example and to become more and more like him every day. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you put on Christ? Amen. Is your life emulating him more and more every day? Amen. Are you following his example more and more every day? Or are there a few things that you need to put on this this morning. Mm. Amen. It's one thing to put off the old man, but we must put on Christ and follow his example. Put on Christ and put on the nature of Christ. Uh, I could just hang out for a little bit and preach right there. What was Jesus like? You read about it in the scripture. What was his nature like? He was kind. He was gentle. He was loving. He was long-suffering. All of those things. That's what we are supposed to be. That's what we are supposed to be. They brought a woman to him that was caught in the very act of adultery. And they said, the law says this. What do you say? And Jesus didn't say nothing. He just stooped down and started writing in the dust. And the Bible said one by one, they all turned around and went away. Listen to what Jesus said to her after they all left. I mean, you know, they all had rocks in their pockets, but they knew they better not throw them because Jesus, Jesus said, you that are without sin, cast the first stone. They said, no, nope, that can't be me. I got some problems hidden in my life too. Well, they all turned around and went away. And this is what Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, I don't, I don't see none. He, this is what he said. He said, neither do I condemn thee. That ought to make, that ought to make you just shout. Yeah, neither do I condemn thee. Does that mean that he just made an excuse for her? Said, no, he said, go your way and sin no more. He was kind, he was gentle, he was, he was loving. He was, he meant, that's the kind of nature that we should have. That's what we need to put on. We need to put on his nature, his character, put on his characteristics. Uh, amen. When it says put on Christ, it means to emulate him and be like him. That ought to be our daily, that ought to be our daily mission. Lord, help me to be more and more like you every day. I, I will confess, I'll tell you right up front, there are days I miss that mark. Hello? There are days I miss that mark. I miss that mark just driving down Highway 16 sometimes. 
I'm being honest. And if you're being honest, some of you do too. Right? Yeah, I missed that mark. Oh, God, help me to put on Christ. Whether the very nature that exudes from my life is more and more and more like him every day. That he is seen in me. Jesus said, let your light so shine. He meant that it's like a city that is set up on a hill that others can see that light and they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Help me to bring glory and honor to your name, O God, by allowing the light of God to shine through me and help me to be more and more like Jesus every day. Amen, amen, amen. The third thing that we're instructed to put on is we are instructed to put on the new man. The new man. We are to lay aside or put off the old man. And we are to put on the new man. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. This is what the writer says. He says that you put off, put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And verse 23, and be renewed, transformed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which is after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9 through verse 10, it says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and that you have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. In other words, you have put off the old man and you have put on the new man who was created by Christ. What does it mean to put on the new man? That new man refers to a renewed and transformed and, and a transformed nature after we have been born again. In other places, the Bible calls it a new creation. In other places, the Bible calls it a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. In other words, the writer is saying that the change is so great within us that we become a new creation and we become a new creature in Christ. Amen. Paul said, all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Amen. We become a brand new creature, a brand new creation in Christ. Amen. We have been born again with new feelings and new priorities. We have been born again with new principles and new desires. We have been transformed by the power of a living God. Amen. 
We are so transformed that we are willing to lay aside all of our old principles and all of our old practices and everything, amen, that pertains to our moral character has become new in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me just tell you, when I got saved, some of the things uh, that I used to do, I didn't want to do anymore. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? I, somebody said, I'd hate to have to give up all, all of that kind of stuff. Amen. Let me, detail, let me tell you, I didn't hate to have to give it up. Amen. When I got born again, I, it, just, it was easy to give it up I, because I had some new principles uh, and some new desires uh, and some new priorities uh, in Christ. Uh, and it cleaned up my potty mouth too. Hello? Amen. We... We have become a brand new creation, a brand new man, a brand new woman. We, amen, the body is the same, but everything on the inside has been changed. We have a brand new heart and a brand new mind and a brand new mission and a brand new set of priorities uh, to live for Christ. Years ago, I recorded an album uh, and I produced that album and on that album there was a song that was called The Old Man Is Dead. Uh, amen. What was I saying and what was I singing uh, on that album? What I was saying uh, was that the old man uh, had been crucified with Christ uh, and the old man uh, had been buried in a watery grave and there was a new man that had risen amen, to serve a living God Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20 this is what the apostle Paul writes he says I am crucified with Christ get that I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live Yet not I. It ain't the old me. Yet not I. But it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. Amen. We are to put on the whole armor of God. We are to put on, amen, Christ. And we are to put on a new man. Lay aside some of the things that used to hold us captive and, and, and put on the new man. I'm telling you, folks, Google is listening. <laughs> The Bible said preach to every creature. Hey, Google. <laughs> yeah, you say that, it'll really come on. Hey, Google. <laughs> Number four, let me move on. <laughs> Number four, the fourth thing that we're instructed to put on, this one might take you a little bit by surprise, but it's, it's really in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. We are to put on bowels of mercy. Bowels of mercy. Turn to Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. This is what the writer says. Colossians 3 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, 
bowels of mercy, that's the King James, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Pastor Gary, what in the world are bowels of mercy? Colossians 3.12 in the American Standard Version says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion. So understand that bowels of mercy mean a compassionate heart. Bowels of mercy at the time that it was written the bowels were considered to be the strongest seat of our passion. I told my wife this morning, I, somehow I just don't think that Valentine's Day would be as popular as it is if our symbol of the seat of our affections was our intestines. <laughs> right? And people would, you know, people, you've heard, you know, the expression, I heart you. People would be, I intestine you. <laughs> Just gives it a whole other meaning. Little emojis, you know, I intestine you. Just, it, it kind of takes the joy right out of it, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm serious, but on a serious note, today, we are to understand that we are to put on a heart in the, in, the, in the place of our strongest seat of emotions. We are to put on a compassionate heart. We are to put on a compassionate spirit. Amen. We are, we are, we are to put on a heart that is yearning to express compassion toward those that are in need and a heart that is yearning to express mercy and, and, and willing to express affection to those who are around us. Amen. I, I will tell you this morning that many in the church world have put on everything but a heart of compassion. There are some that, you know, look down their nose at the misfortunate and point the crooked finger of accusation. Did you know that that's what the enemy does? He is the accuser of the brethren. Don't be in fellowship with him. Amen. They may be in the wrong. They may be in a bad place, but just love them. Love them, extend grace and mercy to them and let them know that Jesus loves them. Yeah, but Pastor Gary, we can't leave them in their sin. It's not your place or my place to drag them out of their sin. Your place and my place is to love them and show them that there is a better way to walk. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to put a hook in their jaw and drag them out of their sin. So, don't try to be doing the Holy Spirit's job, amen? Yeah. Just love them. Have a compassionate heart toward them. Love them and give your uh, mercy to them and your affection to them. And, and, you know, don't try to look down your nose and manipulate them with, you know, because, because you are doing this, you're not my friend. Do you know that is so prevalent in the world? It's called manipulation, Actually, in the scripture, it's called witchcraft. Hello? 
That's right. Actually, in the scripture, it's called witchcraft, trying to manipulate the outcome of something. Amen. It, so don't do that. Just love them. Love them and express compassion for them and let them know that Jesus loves them. And, so, you know, I will tell you, years ago, I was raised in church. My daddy was a Pentecostal preacher. But when I got up on my own and could do my own thing, I went my own way. And there was a few times I found myself way out in sin. But I would lay my head down on my pillow at night and the Holy Spirit would talk to me and say, you know, you ain't living right. Amen. There were times when I would lay my head down on my pillow at night and I knew if the Lord came before morning, I would die and go to hell. But the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to my heart and begin to talk to my heart. Amen. And I'm telling you, even while I was there, amen, the Holy Spirit could reach me when nobody else could. What I'm telling you this morning is instead of trying to manipulate the outcome, leave them in the hands of the Holy Spirit. He knows where they lay their head at night and he knows how to get a hook in their jaw and he knows how to bring them to Calvary. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to quit. i got to quit. I got more. See, I got more. I, I've only got four of those things out. I got like seven or eight of them. I told the Lord this morning, there's no way I can talk that fast. So understand that we are to put on. If we're going to be successful, we need to be equipped with the right things. We need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to put on Christ. Put off the old man and put on Christ. We need to put on the new man. Put on the new man. My wife and I married before I had given my heart to the Lord. I was a, I was, I was a, I was a good individual, but I was without Jesus. And when I give my heart to the Lord, I put on the new man. I couldn't put his word down. My wife would go to bed at night. I'd be sitting up 2 o'clock in the morning in my recliner reading the Bible. My wife told my parents, is he okay? Is he all right? She's like, I don't know who that guy is. You know why? Because it was a new man. It was a new man. It was a whole different me. What was a priority before was no longer a priority. I had some new priorities. I had some new, I had some new things that I needed and my desires have been changed. Put on the new man. Put on a heart of compassion. I'm going to stop right there and we'll continue next week. All right? I'm going to stop right there. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. If we are here in this place this morning and we have failed to put on the armor of God, help us to understand that we will never be successful in our walk until we put on the right things. To put on the breastplate of righteousness and put on, take the shield of faith and put on the helmet of salvation and take on the armor of God so that we can stand against our adversary, help us to understand that we need to put on Christ and emulate his example, imitate, follow, re replicate 
his life. Help us put on Christ. Help us put on the new man. And Lord, if we haven't put on a compassionate heart for others, help us to put that on this morning as well. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, speak to our hearts today. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We pray in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here this morning and you would be willing to slip up a hand and say, Preacher, I haven't put on the whole armor of God. I realize that now. God sees some hands going up. I realize I haven't, I haven't put on the whole armor of God. Pastor Gary, I realize I haven't put on Christ like I ought to. I, I'm not an imitator of him as I should be. I'm not a follower of him as I should be. I haven't put on the new man. I haven't put on that compassionate heart. Are there any more hands? I haven't put on a compassionate heart. Spirit of the living God, speak to us. Hands have been lifted. Stand to your feet, please, all over the building here today. If the Lord tarries, I have some other things that I want to share with you along this particular line. But as you stand, heads bowed, eyes closed today. Hands have been lifted, and I want to pray with those that have lifted their hands. Jesus, Jesus, you saw every single hand lifted here in this place today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will take the words of the message that have been preached. Take it to the hearts of these that are here. Let it be embedded deep within our soul. And I pray today, God, that we will make a commitment to put on the armor of God, that we will make a commitment to put on Christ as we should, that we'll make a commitment to put on the new man and put on a heart that's filled with the compassion and the mercy of God. That we may be more and more like him every day. In Jesus' name, every hand that was lifted, bless them, I ask. In Jesus' name, come on and sing.